Welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. I'm your host, Kylie, and I want to share through personal experience and life lessons learned about personal walls that I have overcome and overcoming still, and to give you hope and tools to go beyond your walls too. Let's get started. I want to talk today about another one of the bold-faced lies that I am passionate about. Um, And when I say bold-faced lie, I think just as a reiteration, if you didn't get to listen to last week's bold-faced lie about insecurity, I use that phrase because I think it expresses this amount of like indignation, anger, like I want nothing to do with it. Like there's no confusion, black and white, get rid of it as if it's like your life depends on it. (laughs) I don't want us to be held back in any way. Like I don't want to give any room to buy into this lie. I think something else that's funny, just as a side note, in case you are anything like my husband, um, whenever like random trivia fact things come up, um, we always differ and I always argue with him and he's always right. (laughs) So for example, um, I was telling him about this episode and he's like, isn't it bald faced lying? And I was like, bald faced? No, it's bold faced. I've never heard of bald faced before. So I decided to Google it just in case. And sure enough, it used to be bald faced. Um, and I'm blanking now. I could have looked it up, but it came from someplace else. So just through, you know, generations and times of the day, we kind of just create new language. And so bold-faced lie is a commonly accepted phrase nowadays for this expression, but you can also use bald-faced. I think what also is really funny is um, my son and I have been watching um, old reruns of Psych. That's one of my favorite TV shows. My kind of humor. So another, you know, just side note on getting to know me a little bit. Um, and so sure enough, twice it came up in like two episodes we watched this week. They said bald faced lies. So it kind of just made us chuckle. So I don't know why I always doubt when my husband tries to like tell me accurate facts. He's always right. So that's a fun little thing between us. But bold faced lie, bald faced lie, however you want to call it. The one I really want to talk about today is that people don't change. Do you feel that way? I think it can come up a lot in relationships or family members, or we can stereotype people like these types of people. This is how they always go. Here we go again. Once a cheater, always a cheater. You know, like there's so many things that we experience in life where we're like, nope, See, they let us down again. They, they don't change. People don't change. And we get so discouraged. Take that phrase and apply it everywhere. Wow, what a disappointing, discouraging, hopeless way to live. Because if that's true, then where is our hope to mature? Where's our hope to grow? Where's our hope to learn from lessons and to adapt right? Like, as if that's true, that other people can't change, then like, where do we get to decide who gets to change and who doesn't change? And so I want to share just some different examples from my past and my experience and hopefully reframe a new way to 
view change, either in other people or in ourselves. So before Lee and I got married, uh, we went through premarital counseling. And if you're about to get married, I highly recommend you don't skip this step. It's just a course. We did it with another couple um, who was already married, and they took us through just a lot of questions and expectations about married life and helped us to uncover, you know, any areas that we hadn't really talked about or thought about during our relationship up to this point. And I remember a very specific session and a question that they asked us right before we completed the course, and it was this. They asked us both to make a decision and to answer if we were willing to say I do to the person that we each are today. Was I willing to accept and marry Lee if nothing about him changes? You know, they're basically challenging us to not marry somebody we hope they become. Are we marrying, am I entering in this relationship, hoping and expecting you to become somebody else? Now, granted, We're expecting people to change because we do change. We do grow. We do mature. Like, it's not like we're expecting them to not change, but there's so many times where we enter relationships and think like, oh, well, once he learns this lesson, once he does this specific thing, it's going to look like this specific way. He's going to become this, or he's going to become that later. And that's who I'm going to marry him today because he has potential. Are you in a relationship for potential or are you accepting who the person is today or who they aren't today? Yeah, I think what was so important um, in this question, especially for me with my past, with my history and my types of relationships that I had come into, I dated people that were projects. I went in specifically looking to guard myself, to protect myself, It was a reflection of my own insecurity, my own lack of self-worth. And I did feel more qualified in these relationships, right? Like as prideful and as arrogant as that sounds, like I felt better. I was the stronger one, the more mature one. I'm here to help you. Basically, like I showed up like a coach, right? Like I'm going to go find a student to marry and I'm just going to coach you so that you can be your best you. You need me to make you better. And I think being able to really have some more self-awareness about where I was in life was so immature, insecure, scared, wanting to protect myself, right? Like I didn't want to be exposed to the risk of rejection. So if I come in with the upper hand, then this isn't a lose-lose for me. This is a win-win, but it does not bring satisfaction. And so I remember feeling so much more peace when I was dating Lee to feel like, man, like I didn't deserve him. You know, we both entered the relationship feeling that way, which I'm super grateful for, because if you've listened to me for more than a few episodes, I have mentioned on numerous occasions how miserable our marriage became at some point how low, how discouraged, how fearful I was. But entering in on this aware, high space, right? Where I felt like properly humbled, properly placed, properly and equally valuing each other and really choosing and owning and feeling confident. They're like, I know what I'm getting into. 
you know, so luckily for me at this point, you know, I had matured enough in my heart and in my values and in my worth that I was able to date somebody out of the security, you know, that my value was not in a place coming from my lack or needing to prove myself. And so for Lee and I, I think this, this space and this question was foundational to the likelihood of our marriage to survive the ups and downs. It set us up for success. After we fast forward a little bit, several years into our relationship and just feeling just such a loss for words, I was so bitter and resentful. I felt so alone and confused. I had lost all sense of my purpose and the direction for my life. And all of my energy was focused on why it was Lee's fault. And there wasn't anything that I could do about it. I felt like such a victim and out of control. I often would then feel guilty and shame because how could I be so upset? Like I knew what I was getting into. Nothing was hidden. He wasn't showing some secret sin or some secret side that I had never seen before. Like I came in eyes wide open and I said yes to who he was. I knew what his strengths and his weaknesses were. You know, but several years in, I was desperately wanting him to change. I tried everything I knew to do in my power. I read self-help books. I read marriage books. I read the Bible. I talked with friends. I prayed about it. I talked with Lee in like every way from happy to sad to angry. I gave him the silent treatment. I was hot and I was cold. I was emotional and I was rational, logical, right? Like I tried to come at him from every possible angle. I tried being supportive and understanding. I tried seeking to understand him more to get him to open up. And then I would get fed up with that and I would go with rage and accusations. You know, and I eventually found myself at this space just praying for for two things. One, God, please take my desires for change away from me. Like help me to just stop looking at it from that angle or change him to meet my needs. Like either like give me what I'm demanding or take it away from me entirely. I felt so stuck between a rock and a hard place and just desperately praying for peace. And God promises us life to the full, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see how that was even going to be possible. You know, we recently just passed Valentine's Day. And I remember most of my marriage putting so much pressure on five main holidays. Our anniversary, my birthday, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and Mother's Day. I felt so alone and unappreciated all year long that I felt like at least there's, there's five times out of the year he could tell me how much he loved me and I mattered. I could be a priority. There was enough like social pressure. He wouldn't forget. He wouldn't, you know, he would give in and finally just like throw me a bone and do some kind things, offer me a token of affection. You know, unfortunately, my love bank was so low that these five holidays barely ever satisfied the longing that I had. And I often felt even worse because I had so much riding on these specific days that I was guaranteed to be disappointed. So much significance was riding on these days that it was not going to make up for all the pain and disconnection that I was feeling all the other days of the year. We had a much bigger hurt and a problem than these five days. 
you know, what was happening on all the other 360 days was really the issue, which was challenging because then you're like, man, I don't want to serve you, right? Like it, it was so hard because it felt like, man, I'm just shooting myself in the foot because no matter what he does, it's not going to be enough. Unless it's a big foundational change and something else has to happen, right? But there was no romantic gesture he could do on Valentine's Day that was going to make up for all those other days. And who wants to show up and be giving and put themselves out there when you know it's not going to be good enough? But then I was just stuck on this circular loop. So I share all of this, not to tear my husband down, not to build myself up and woe is me or to, you know, all of you might be thinking, man, what a jerk. What was wrong with him? But I really want to get you to just think about your own frustration and how you are feeling in these dynamics. It may not be your marriage. It might be some other kind of relationship or some other kind of struggle. You know, can you relate to this kind of pain and this kind of hopelessness in this story? And I want you to know that there is hope that it's not the end of the story because we can change. You know, if you've ever read a marriage book, they always say you can't fix the other person and you can only change yourself. Ugh, I was so sick of that message. <laughs> I was like, I don't want that to be true. And I also felt like I had spent so much time crying and whining and complaining and trying. And, you know, you heard me say all the different ways that I had been trying to attempt to control and change the circumstances. I try to show up and ch change and create my own forced outcome of who I was going to be to try and create these results. I just didn't, I didn't want that to be the answer either. You know, it was so frustrating. And I think that's where a lot of us get so confused about boundaries and enabling and expectations and self-respect and forgiveness and patience and grace. You know, how could I accept him for who he was and who he wasn't, but still expect more? But I also, I wanted to have gratitude for what is actually happening. How can like acceptance not be resignation? So through coaching that I got, that I believe God used in a powerful way, it was a finally a conversation and a message that I could hear to lead to the healing that I needed to happen. You know, for me, I needed to take back my value, my purpose, my identity. I needed it back out of my husband's hands. I was asking him to fill a hole that was not his to fill. I took everything he did so personally. I was a victim in my marriage. I wasn't responsible for my life. You know, I had no drive. I had no personal dreams. Lee shouldn't be the one who completes me. And I knew this, you know, going in, I, I didn't start off this way, but it slowly over time just snuck up on me. It was a blind spot that I didn't realize was happening. I had to learn and accept that other people cannot be that for me. And it's really easy in a marriage to put that kind of expectation and desire on our spouse. You know, we are not created to complete each other. I needed to be fully responsible for myself. I had to learn to accept myself for who I was and who I wasn't. I needed to face my own fears and insecurities. I had to own my own choices and stop blaming and controlling other people for why I couldn't accomplish what I could accomplish. 
I was looking for permission to live my life. Now, I know that this is easier said than done, and it is a hard and scary journey. But what I was going through in my marriage was already hard and scary. And I knew it wasn't working, right? But it was comfortable. It was a very familiar path. There was a lot of comfort in the uncomfortability of the known struggle. So was I willing to try on a different hard and scary? (laughs) I had to take a chance. And I think that's what I want for you too. You know, and in my situation, like it paid off big time. What followed has been the journey of a lifetime for me. I took on the belief that people can change, but most importantly, that I can change. You know, once I stopped putting the spotlight on how Lee wasn't doing what I thought he needed to be doing or that he was holding me back somehow, and I put it on myself, I got the opportunity to see Lee for who he really was. Not just his weaknesses, but his strengths too. I was willing to stop letting them define me, to stop saying things like, if you loved me, then you would fill in the blank. If I mattered to you, then you would whatever. I remembered the vows that we made on our wedding day and the commitment that we made in that premarital class and allowed it to bring me freedom this time instead of a death sentence. You know, before it just felt like imprisonment. And instead I could finally figure out a way to use it for healing and freedom. One of the greatest beginning moments was when I stopped blaming and feeling stuck. And then I was able to see some of the good. One of the biggest blessings is that Lee isn't just like me because there is no way I would have endured the emotional load that I was spewing on him all the time. He didn't pay back evil for evil towards me. He didn't necessarily know the loving, kind response to share with me, but he didn't pour out the ugly, mean things either. I don't think I would have handled the wrath that I sent his way if he had wanted to spew it back to me. He is patient and he's gracious and he's steady. He wasn't stepping up in the areas, not because He didn't love me or didn't want to, but because of his own fears and his own insecurities. We had to learn how to give each other grace to face our fears. We had to learn to fight the world together instead of fighting each other. You know, a common thing that I keep saying is that just because other people are upset or they don't take it well doesn't mean we shouldn't have done it. But also when other people don't respond well, let it mean more about them than it does about you. You know, how could I look at those situations and instead feeling like Lee's telling me he's rejecting me and hating me, how can I view it instead as like his own fears, his own insecurities, his own frustration, his own weaknesses, ways that he needs help and support. I want that from other people, don't you? You know, one of the big things that we realized about ourselves was that unfortunately, you know, our fears, they triggered each other's fears. And we just were really bad at being able to push through that. And if we aren't careful and intentional, then we turn against each other instead of towards each other. So many years, we just ended up suffering alone, parallel to each other, instead of having each other's backs and facing our fears together. It just 
was used against each other. So some practicals I want to leave you with about this change and the ability that we can change is this. That people don't always change the way we want them to or in the time that we want them to. People will still make mistakes because we aren't perfect as much as we want them to be. We just aren't. Oftentimes we're looking for overnight radical change, but because we're looking for this big change, then we have a really hard time to give any credit to the slow progress of maturity and growth over time. If we could learn to take a step back and focus on our own change instead of forcing others to change them, you know, our interpretation of others and our needs of others can change. I think in another like a simple way, I think I was so much more insecure in my marriage in those earlier days. I would feel so much more hurt so much quicker. Right. And I think through the years, like I've learned to have a thicker skin to not be as insecure. I don't think things as personally as I used to, I can laugh so much more now. Like I can let go of things so much quicker and see them in such a more lighthearted way. Things do not always stay the same. And sometimes that's really good, (laughs) especially for people that don't like change. Like these are the areas where change is good. We get to grow in patience and grow in grace. We have more confidence, hopefully, as we get older, more secure, more confident. When people are free to change, because it's a conviction that they are building and maturing, then we will get to experience the long-term satisfaction and fruit. When it's just behavior modification to avoid conflict, it will be temporary and it will let us down eventually because it's not genuine or honest. And what a stressful space to be in where we're just constantly guessing what other people want us to be and we just keep trying to show up every day trying to feel like so unstable and confused and like, who do I have to be today? It's so circumstantial and inconsistent. The truth of the matter is, is that people can change and they do change. It's just not up to us. The only thing that is up to us is our own change. Unfortunately, it really is true. You know, sometimes the best place to start is to admit that what you have been doing and focusing on hasn't been working. And so are you willing to take another look with fresh eyes and a fresh perspective? How else could it be going? What might we be missing? What if there was another way? What if there was another interpretation and another meaning? What if we had been only looking at it through this tiny lens when we could be seeing it from this huge galaxy of possibilities. There was a story that I heard once. Um, there was a woman, she was sharing about kind of just how we behave as human beings. And she was on a walk and it had rained recently. And so there was a lot of puddles. And so she was on her walk and she saw, you know, a couple of ducks fighting each other, like in this tiny puddle, like there wasn't enough of a puddle to fit all of the ducks that were there. And so they're pushing and shoving and all trying to get into the water. And just over a tiny hill was an enormous pond. That's how it felt in my marriage. That's how it felt in my life where I was just demanding 
I need this one little thing. I need it to look just like this. When if I had just relaxed, if I had just taken a step back until I was willing to put in a little bit of effort to look someplace else that I hadn't looked before, to look at it from a different way, I could have had 10 times the water, 10 times the space. And I think I'm, I'm glad to report that that's, that's what I got. That's where I am because I got help. I got freedom in my own responsibility that I could believe in the change that we are not stuck, but we don't always understand the kind of change that we want to go through that we actually need. You know, we're so quick to just force a particular way on a particular time frame from a particular person. If you want help on this journey, if you can hear yourself in this story and feel just so stuck and discouraged, I'm here for you. I'm here to walk down that journey with you to help you see the amazing possibilities that really are in front of us. Are you willing to put down that bold faced lie that people can't change and believe what's really true? so much for joining me today. If you would like more information about opportunities for coaching or more help outside of the podcast, you can follow us at beyondthewalls.podcast on Instagram or check out our website beyondthewallspodcast.com. Until next time. Bye.